episode seven of Chief Central. Welcome uh, back. Another week another, gone by. Another. Uh, what, do you want to, uh, what do you want to call it? I don't even know. Another. I mean, you want to say you're surprised, but kind of. How about we just say more of the same? To yeah, a, to it, a degree. It really was. I mean, you, you, first home game in what three weeks? First home game of the new year, and you're and, you, and coming you, off of a win on your last road game too. Yeah, to, which was a. I don't want to say it was a nice way to end the road trip, but it was... It was a pretty brutal road trip for the most part. We covered pretty much all that last episode. True. But, um, yeah, I think that that's... Well, it's definitely not what you wanted after, you know, being away from home for three weeks. And then, you know, first game back and the new year and everything, too. And you just come out and lay an egg. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty from the start. That was the worst effort I've seen all year long. Yeah. Far. And, like... We had a friend say at the game that night, they just looked great description. They just looked disinterested out there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. They looked just like they didn't even want to be there. And I could think of maybe one or two guys that showed a little bit of effort. But other than that, it was just, I mean. And it didn't change throughout the game. It's like the effort never really showed up or never really got any worse. It was pretty much flatlined from the get-go. And there was something that happened at the end of the game that I hadn't heard in a long time was our own fans booing the team as they leave the ice. I have not heard the Boo Birds in Spokane in years. It's been a long time. It's back since when uh, Bobby Brett said, if we don't make the playoffs next year, I'm going to refund season ticket holders. That's That's the last time I heard it. Yep. And uh, so I, and even on you know the, the the Chiefs groups we follow on Facebook and stuff too, everybody was in agreement. Like what was that? Yeah, it, you know you just don't understand. I mean, obviously Everett's a good team. Uh, they look good. They're first place in the or they're the first or they're second first. in the U.S. Yeah. division. And we haven't seen them in quite a while. Yeah, and, and we played them twice and we split split a pair of games with them back in the early parts of the That's season. Like on Cobra, I think it was and earlier. Then, but but you know I I expected us to lose in all honesty if I'm being I think we both completely real, but I didn't expect it to be this bad. Um, goaltending wasn't up to par necessarily, but it also wasn't the main issue. I mean, the uh, Cowan, yeah, I had to ask Cowan to make four or five breakaway saves. And Michael Luck too when period. he came. Yeah, in. yeah, and Michael, yeah. They, I mean. We should just let people know in case they don't know. They lost 11-1. to 1. Yeah, it was not pretty. Um, I, I thought that we were just going to lay a flat-out goose egg out there with not even getting anything on the board. Yeah. But thankfully in the third period, Catton put an end to the shutout for And, and kept uh, his Chadwick. point streak going, I think, too, right? I actually looked that up after the game, and his point streak ended on the ninth on one of the Eastern games. Oh, did it? I, I, hadn't, I thought it was, too, but I was wrong. But, um, so, I mean, there, you know, Cat scores his 28th of the year on the power play. And even then it's just like, it's like, it, what, what, why does it even, it doesn't even matter. Right. Like and you it's nine to one at that point. Yeah. And then there's 11 minutes left in the third period. And then Everett comes down and scores another two quick ones. Quick. Back quick. to back. I mean, and then it's just 11 to one. And then after that, there's just no fight left at all. I mean, I can honestly say there was one other time several years ago where I wanted to leave a game early. And I think I did leave a game. If I remember correctly, I did leave a game the start of the third one time back in the, the bad year when we before we before COVID. I don't remember. But and this is all honesty and I've never done this before. I played a game on my phone for the entire third period. Mm-hmm. Sitting yeah. in the stands. I've never seen you do that before either. I was I was 
I was disinterested. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, after a while, <laughs> I had one beer, and I tell you what, if you I were ready to get another one, if I didn't have to work in the yeah. morning, I would have had three. Yeah. Um. It, I mean, it, it was it was pretty painful. Um. And, and, and having a former chief, it, who honestly we didn't even really notice out there, which is sad too, scoring a point in his return. Yeah. To Will Jamison. Yeah, it was nice to see him. He looks comfortable playing for Everton. He definitely does. And then good for him. He's on a good team right now. Yeah, I'm happy for the kid. I'm glad yeah. he's actually getting some playing time too. Yeah. Um, but man, I mean, there is there was every opportunity to have energy in that game. You got extra. You're back home. You got extra back. And stuff. Mm-hmm. Who's been a pretty solid person uh, playing on the team since he came? Definitely. Um, I I don't know. It was it was very hard to watch. I don't know how much more I can say about it because I I don't want to. It's pretty sad for this what sixty five hundred people that were there too. It was, it, I mean, it was a solid crowd for a Friday night against a a U.S. division rival, yep. and they they just come out and just look flat. Fans were obviously happy for hockey. There, <clears throat> the only positive point that I want to point out from that game, and then we can move on if you would like to. Okay. At one point, with a couple minutes left, they played the first note of Sweet Caroline, <laughs> and you actually yelled out loud, "No, not now!" And they and they stopped. They did stop. They stopped, and they didn't play it. Yeah. Thank God, because you know we both feel the uh, same about that song. That song does not pump anybody up. You know what? That's a topic that I have that I could go on and yeah, on I know and you on could. about. I mean, it got to a point early in the season where I made a new music playlist for yes. the Chiefs to use that I still have yet to email them, but I need to get uh, get sent. To the front office staff yeah. because it's it is painful. I mean, it's been the same music for fifteen years, mm-hmm. and and Sweet Caroline with five minutes left to pump up the team when they're tied or down one. It doesn't. It gets the fans into it a little bit. I admit, fans seem to like that song. Some of them, most of them, but I don't feel like it pumps it up the de- team. It is a depressing song. Yes, me. And you know what? I know. Neil Diamond is a pedophile. Yeah, you know. So, uh, yeah. I, I mean, just just that right there makes you not even want to... Let's cancel Neil Diamond. Yeah, we're in a, Well, I think he's already... Can, I mean, he's uh, yes. permanently canceled, yes, but, but... you know what I mean. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we can move on now. Yeah, okay. Um, so, they play the next night in Wenatchee. Uh, we've yet to win in Wenatchee. Um, I was actually shocked with this game. Yeah. Uh, I in a thought, pleasant way. I thought we looked pretty solid uh, for the most part. Dawson Callen was great getting the start yeah. once again, probably just wanting to bounce back before so. he get heads off to the top prospects game. And Callen stopping 37 shots and he looked great and Chiefs ended up winning that game 2-1. to one. And thankfully he looked great because that they had, when actually had a lot of attempts and lots of shots on goal for, for it to end up 2-1. I mean, if a goalie doesn't play good, that's another one of those games where you're giving up six or seven. Well, and the, and, and the thing is, is the – like you said, they had a lot of chances. Our problem that game was we took a lot of penalties we that we shouldn't have taken. Now, granted, I don't think a lot of these penalties were good penalty or good no. calls. I thought right. some of the calls there were was, really chintzy. And then they stopped doing it before they <clears> evened <throat> it up too, which was weird. Well, and it – I mean, thankfully the Chiefs – Penalty kill was pretty solid in that game. I mean, Callen was great, and then our, our you know our guys are blocking shots left and right and everything. Two ended up going seven for seven on the penalty kill, and uh, we did end up going one for four on the power play. But uh, for the most part, it was a pretty defensive game. It was. Um, it was definitely different than the night before. Yeah, um, Chiefs actually ended up scoring the opening goal uh, about ten minutes into the first period. Crampton passed it over to Roulette, and he one timed it in and. Just squeaked through the pads of Hauser, and then Wenatchee answers back right away about 14 seconds later yeah. on a kind of a little fluky goal. It was, but um, 
But what what did you think in your head at that point? Uh, I I thought that we were about to see another blowout. Me too. I, did, honestly, I said, I, here we go again. But thankfully, you know, after that, the Chiefs kind of held on. And then about a couple minutes later, I mean, all the scoring was in the first period of this yeah. game. It's a couple minutes later, Roulette picked up the puck and got it over to Cat and behind the red line. And he threw it out front to Berthlet and he fired it in. And that would end up being the game winner because yeah. there was no other scoring. And for the rest of the game, it was just a goaltending battle and defense. I mean... It was, it was honestly a really good hockey game. It was game a good hockey game. It and it was a complete 180 from what we saw the night before with Everett. Which um, I don't – I mean, I understand young kids and stuff too, but I don't understand how a team can look that much different in back-to-back nights. It's weird. It was almost like watching a completely different it team. It, it really was. was. Um, it, and – Wenatchee is still a good team, even without Matt Savoy and Connor Geese, yes, too. Are. So you kind of go in there wondering. I mean, they had the leading the leading scoring defenseman in the league in Sword. Graham Sword. So you go in seeing the talent that they still have, and their, their goaltending is really, really good still, too. And you kind of don't really know what to expect. I mean, we, we went down to Wenatchee once, I believe, earlier this season already, and we lost 4-1. to one and. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just completely dominated us. I mean, and they're obviously they're a good team. I mean, their Winnipeg went to the WHL finals last year against Seattle, and that's the franchise that ends up moving. It's like the town of Wenatchee was uh, blessed to have a yes, pretty star-studded franchise to for their first season. Yeah, good way to start. Um, but. I, it was nice to see the Chiefs actually get a win down there, hoping that that can give them a little bit of confidence going into this weekend because we got two really challenging opponents on Friday and Saturday this week. Yes. Uh, it's schedule-wise, if you look at it on paper. Um, a lot of U.S. division teams and a lot of Western Conference matchups still. I mean, you got Portland, who's red hot, obviously, mm-hmm. and have been. With Nate Danielson now, too, yeah, another offensive weapon. Yeah, and then you got PG, top mm-hmm. team in the league, aren't they? Yeah, Prince, yeah. Uh, Prince George. No, actually, they're not the top team in the league. They were. Um, Saskatoon is currently the top nice. team in the league. Uh, One Prince, of the top teams. Prince George and Everett are actually tied in the standings right now. Really? Prince George has a couple of games in hand as well. Um, but And Portland's right on their tail with 59 points, two points back at PG. So, I mean, it, it's we're, we're facing the best of the best this weekend. And uh, kind of questionable whether we're going to have Cowan and uh, Berkeley Cat yeah, on Friday. Top prospects game. Uh huh. Their game is tomorrow night in Moncton. But um, I don't know. What do you what do you what do you think? What do you think we can expect from the team going into the weekend? I mean, have what are we going to do at the top line? Who are we going to throw up on the top line if Catton's unable to play after? Probably he'll probably be traveling back from Moncton still. I think you could put Ekstrom up there. I would not mind seeing Martin get put up there. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind seeing a younger guy. I mean, yes. I, I why think, not? Like I like you said, I think Ekstrom would, could would do fine. But I, I I think we should throw Martin up there, like one of your future centers. Why throw not? Chase Harrington up there, even somebody that give them the expo- exposure and experience. Papanicus would be perfect. Uh, he'd for be that another line. big a big guy. He'd be like having the exactly. Chevy up there. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Yeah, I could see any of those guys. I would I would hope to see Martin. Or Ekstrom personally, mm-hmm. just because I they're consistent for sure. Um, I I'm okay with this too, and this is something that this is just me thinking outside the box. The guy plays hard every game. He's played hard every year. The guy is a multi-positional player. 
Put Bonnie up there. Yeah, I could see Ben Bonnie being up there too. Having kind of a guy who goes in on the forecheck like that with the and, and him and Berthlet on the same line, two guys that'll hustle, and then you got Roulette who can kind of sit up top and just wait for them to because they'll find him. I exactly. mean, Bonnie hustles down and will beat that guys out for the puck all the time, and then just throws it out front. Roulette's right there. Why not? And I just really feel like he's not a liability to have out there at all on defense, or on because of his defensive mindset too. For sure, you, you almost have an extra half a defenseman out there too. Yeah, and, and he's he'll go up on the forecheck, but then he'll immediately hustle back on the back check too. Because it, it's, I feel like it's natural for him because he's a natural defenseman too. Yeah, instinctively so. he wants to get back. He's he's probably the most him and Berthelot are probably the most consistent, in my opinion, two hundred foot players on the team. I haven't seen uh, any guys like that for us in a long time, but other than those two, no. I mean. The guy, you want to talk about 200-foot game, those are the two guys that you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. The you see play a 200-foot mm-hmm. game every single night. I don't think I've ever seen either one of those guys really take a game and off. And typically, it seems like when we do have somebody, which is like you said, is rare, it's a, it's one of the imports. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think of a back to a Dominic Ewer. That mm-hmm. guy was a 200-foot player. Yeah, um, he was. Know, guys like that. Mm-hmm. It yeah. seems like the imports, and I don't know if it's the, what – Dominic's word or two. Yeah, if they end up, if that's just really an emphasis in Europe or something, I don't know. I could see that. Um, I, I know the European game, the ice is bigger, bigger. so maybe they they're more comfortable moving around a little bit quicker. Maybe, so then when they, they you have to, so when they come here, like the ice is a little bit smaller. I don't remember what the dimensions of the European rinks are, but it's it's, it's, it's wider. significantly wider because you can tell. Like we were watching the World Juniors this year, yes, and you could you could tell that it was it was in Sweden, I believe, right. Yeah, and you can just tell that it was just so much wider than the yeah. uh, 200 by 85 that the North American game is played in. But yeah. um, another guy that I thought had a pretty good showing this week, um, I mean, from the last game of the road trip on, um, even in the game on um, Friday against Everett, I still thought he was he was out there in the forecheck and kind of hustling every shift was Van Olm. Mm-hmm. I thought he looked okay. I, I, I really like him on that second line uh, with Ekstrom and uh, Chevy. I think that's a pretty fit, like physical line. Mm-hmm. And, but they're both all really, they're all really talented and can put the puck in the net too. I was impressed, especially in the third period of Van Olm. That's for, this only the second game I've seen him in person because mm-hmm. he was joined him on the European or on the European. On the, uh, <laughs> I'm looking up European ice rink dimensions. I'll give you that in a second. Um, on the Eastern Swing, that guy is not only is he big, he's skilled. He is, yeah. I he mean, the, the last couple of minutes, he had a lot of chances to score. Mm-hmm. He'll get to the dirty areas and, yeah. and dig it out too, and he's not afraid to go to the net. It's nice having guys like that, especially on the top two lines. Even I mean, yeah, you're gonna want skilled guys up there too, but he's skilled as well. Yeah, but he he's got the whole pack. Him and I feel like that's him and Shovel Day off too. And Ekstrom not afraid to throw his body around. No, either. he's not. He he just impresses me so much. Um, he plays a very positional game to get the puck from somebody without having to knock them off the puck. He's really good at cutting off a person's progress or getting in at the right angle when they're both going to get to the boards to get a puck to get the advantage. Uh-huh. He's fun to watch in that regard too. Very good positionally with his body. To go along with that, I remember his first game with the. Or was, I don't know if it was his first, but it was in the first two or three games he played with us. We were in Seattle, and I can remember a play where, in overtime, the guy came back with uh, two guys came back to Seattle. It was a two on one going the other way, and Ekstrom because Ekstrom had ended up turning the puck over in our offensive zone. Mm-hmm. Seattle guys came back two on one, and Ekstrom was just hustle, I remember that play. hustle, hustle, hustle back. 
pops his stick, pushes the guy, bangs it off the boards right to Roulette, who walked in on a breakaway yeah. and scored. That's a really good first impression to have on, oh, on a team. Uh, and at, from then on, it's just it's a, he gives one hundred ten percent every yeah. night too. It, it, like you like we've said before, I mean, he's just a professional out there. He's a nineteen year old who's played professionally he's overseas played a lot of and, and kid's good. I I, I mean, the, I like watching the kid play. He's, yeah. he's definitely a good addition to having the team. And he was missed on the road trip for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. definitely. You, just, you, can, you can tell when he's not out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really unfortunate that we weren't. At, uh, I'm glad that he's back now, though, because I know his original um, prognosis like, was longer. Was yeah, you know, early February, late January. Yeah. Um, came back quick and took a pretty nasty. Doesn't look like he uh, lost anything. No, yet. he doesn't have any rink rust at all, no. and it's it's. I mean, that's definitely encouraging. It's what you want to see. He obviously wants to be here and play, too. So I'm sure he kind of hustled rehab back and yeah, uh, all that, too. But, yeah, uh, so Portland Friday and then Prince George Saturday. I mean, I I don't know. What do you think? Um, I'm going <laughs> to – I mean, this is the bad, hard thing here, too. And uh, granted, you want to say let's change things up and they're coming off a win. But we've actually played Portland pretty well this year. I agree. Which is unusual from past years. Um, and the, God, it seems like every game there's been a lot of goals. Too. I was going to say, since the four, three or four times we played Portland this year, they've all each team has scored over like four goals, yeah. I'm pretty sure. It's always just been an offensive yes. show. But here's the other thing. If we don't have Berkeley Catton back, is that going to affect that? And does Portland lose anybody to the prospects game? Uh, that I don't know. Let me look that up really quick. I was wondering if they're miss, missing anybody too. I mean, we've said this for years. It seems like every year Portland has guys that have been there for like seven years. So maybe they don't have any young guys that, I don't know. I know Prince George has a, a couple, a guy or two that's there. Right. Um, but I don't believe I don't think Portland, Portland did, has I don't remember seeing anything season. on that. Um, I'm looking at this now. There's actually a couple guys here that were invited that are unable to play because of injury. That sucks. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think we're the only guys losing, or only team losing anybody in that in that game on Friday. What's Portland's goaltender situation now? Uh, let me pull up the weekly report. Last time I haven't, uh, or last time I checked, the weekly report wasn't posted today. They were on third string goalie for quite a while. Right. There. Right. I think the most recent weekly report is still the one from last week, but uh, I know they have Nick Avakian still. Um, and then I want to say one of the go- other goalies is back from injury too. I think they sh- uh, sent that Justin Merritt guy down again because I think he recovered, but then they had another guy recover too that they wanted to keep up. Gotcha. Um, so looking at this now, uh, Jan Spooner is still out week to week, and Merrick is still out week to week. They have uh, Luke Brunin, Brunin, however you say his name, right. and then um, Nick Avakian. Those are their two guys. And Avakian has actually been playing really well. The Chiefs used to light him up when he was playing for Tri Cities. Yeah, um, he's been playing good though. But he's he's been really playing really well for Portland. Yeah. Uh, he got a huge like thirty some save performance against Prince George last week. Yeah. So you know, two top guys. So uh, we'll we'll have to see what happens with that. Um, and wasn't that a late goal by Prince George to win it? I believe. No, no, no. Portland won that Portland game. Won I'm pretty it? sure. I thought maybe they did. I can't remember. I thought it was like a goal with 14 seconds left by one of the teams to break the tie. I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember if that was that game. Yeah. But um, anyway, um, I'm going to say six three Portland. Okay. And you? 
Well, if we're if we're gonna have our full lineup back, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it'll be a close one one or two goal game. I'm gonna say five four, and I'm gonna say the Chiefs pull it off on against Portland. And I then like, I like the optimism. Um, I think on, I mean, I, I hope that I'm wrong, but I think on Saturday we're gonna just gonna get our butts handed to us. Yeah. Um. I. I mean, Prince George. They have just way. I'm too looking much forward to seeing them year. play. Yeah, I mean, I, we've seen them play once already this year, yeah. and they're just—they just—that was—they they were fun to watch. They are so fast, and they have so many young guys. That Tarek Parashat guy—I hadn't heard anything about him until this season. He's a 17-year-old. He's leading the league, and God, I mean, Portland still got got so many guys in the top 10 in scoring goals, assists, mm-hmm. everything. I mean, it's it's incredible. And compared to how they've been the last few years, it's like talk about taking a huge jump out of nowhere. Right. Um, you know, whether it's trading for guys that were kind of lower end players for other teams that just turn into stars for them. I mean, Zach Funk's a prime example. I can't remember where he came from, but I want to say um, when he got traded to Prince George last year, he his career really took off, and now he's leading the league in scoring this year. He's got forty some goals already. How many as a twenty year old? How many years does we make fun of Prince George and not know. being good? And nobody would want to go to the game. I now, know. Now they've obviously. Uh, Made up for that. Yeah, they've taken that to heart, clearly. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the three fans that Prince George does have. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. What, um, do you, what do you predict the score of that game, man? Oh, God. I I think we'll get on the board a couple times, but I'm going to say 6-2. I'm going to say 7-2. But, I, like I said... I mean, it, I, I, with 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 how the Chiefs have been playing lately, you just never know. It's it's a it's a toss up each I, and every night. And sometimes, well, every game being prime example, sometimes it's like deer in the headlights. Yeah, it's just gonna. It depends on which team is gonna and show other up. Other times, it's like just make another wildlife analogy. It's like a couple of bears coming out of hibernation and they want to fight. Yeah, it just depends. Well, and, and like I said, it's just it's just whatever team decides to show up. I mean, I look like I said we had two completely different teams show up Friday and Saturday last weekend. So are we going to have the team that showed up Friday and laid an egg against Everett? Or are we going to have the team that showed up and played a solid game against Wenatchee on Saturday? Yeah. I, I hope that with having Ryan Smith gone for the next two weeks over in Korea for the Youth Olympics, mm-hmm. um, maybe our assistant coaching with Legion and Donahue can kind of be a little bit bigger of a voice in the locker room and – that's another conversation too. Ryan Smith's last game was the game on Friday against Everett, and then Stefan Legion took over as head coach on Saturday. Does that is, is that a, a coincidence? Yeah. Or I, is it? I guess we'll know more this weekend. We'll um, see effort wise. I don't know. Yeah, you got to wonder if they're going to put in more effort with, with Smith being gone. If they're going to be feel a little bit more motivated with di- a different voices in there. Or? And we've seen this before with Knockbar. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And we know, we just knew that there were some people, players that didn't like playing for Knockbar. And then when he was gone, totally yeah, turned around too. For so sure. I, I don't know. I don't want to say that that's coaching is an issue as far as the, the room goes with the team, but we'll know more after watching two games this I, weekend. I was going to say, we have two weeks to kind of figure that out yeah. and kind of just see for ourselves. But Something we can talk about next one, um, next episode. Yeah, I, I don't know. But then, I mean, we have a tough schedule coming up the rest of the month honestly because yeah. you got yeah Port- it doesn't get any easier oh I, we have prince george friday actually in portland Saturday. Oh, i thought it was, the other, way I thought it was the other way around too yeah 
So we're going to hear All right, so we'll... <laughs> We have Prince right. George on Friday. Are we going to have any energy left for Portland on Saturday? Uh, and then Portland Saturday. Oh, whoops. Your computer's a touchscreen? Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't, why wasn't I using the touchscreen this whole time? I don't know. Uh, so we got Prince George Friday, Portland Saturday, and then we play another home game on Tuesday the 30th against Everett once again. And then Friday, the February 2nd, against Everett once oh again God. in Everett. So this is a really tough stretch. This might be one of the toughest stretches of the season that we've had. And it's really going to be interesting to see how the team handles that. Because, I mean, like I said, we've, we, we've had good showings against Everett and Portland already this season. We have. So you wonder which team is going to show up. This is the toughest stretch. This is going to be a big mental battle for them, I think, too, especially with not having their head coach. One again, wondering if that's if it's going to be any different with having a diff, different leader in the locker room. Um, but then after that, we have Saturday the third against Tri Cities down in Tri Cities, right. and then back home on the fourth Sunday against the Kelowna Rockets. So, I mean, a lot, lots of games coming up here in the next eleven days. Um, some pretty challenging ones, and then I—it'll be interesting to see the Tri City team that we get to see there on the third as well, because we we've seen Tri Cities kind of dominate us most of the season, and the last two times we played them, it was completely opposite. They've been a little Jekyll and Hyde, mm-hmm. honestly. They've been struggling too. I know they're finally—they finally won in a game after losing six or seven in a row. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens with with them too. I know they have their number one goalie back too. Yeah. Um, so a, a big stretch coming up, so we'll have to wait and see. But um, as of right now, tomorrow we have the top, top prospects, prospects game. game. Uh, two Chiefs. Looking forward to that. Two Chiefs in there um, being posted with all the the uh, skill things that they're doing. Yeah, like I saw that a little bit stuff today. that they're doing today. Dawson Cowan looking pretty nice up there, playing well. And then and Berkeley County Berkeley named captain. Of Team White, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah a, a pretty good honor, yeah, I would is. say, too. Uh, I, I don't think there's anybody else you could have given it to. No. A lot of good names on that team, on both of those teams, obviously. But, I, I mean, Catton's one of the st- stars of the league. Yeah. And he, he, guy's a hell of a player. And So it, it'll be fun to see you tomorrow night. I hope that both of them kind of have a pretty good game and can show up and bump up their draft stock a little bit. I think Dawson Cowan's really kind of taken off in their draft uh, rankings. I do too. And it's season. nice to see him get recognized that for that. It's really nice seeing a, a goalie, one of our goalies there doing the game. I mean, we had Mason Bopit play a couple years ago and he played great too. And then uh, now we have Dawson Cowan. And I, I think Dawson Cowan is one of the best goalies we've had in a long time. In all honesty, him and Michael are both. I mean, they're yeah, both great. They are. But I, I, I think the future is bright in Spokane. I do too. Whether it's next season or the year after. I just, and this is just my personal opinion. I'm not basing this off of anything solid or concrete or hearing from anybody else. There needs to be a change. I don't know what that is, whether it's the structure of how the team plays, whether it's a coaching change, whether it's a big shakeup and roster, something needs to change. I don't think fans, I mean, casual fans, they just want to go watch hockey. I get that. But true fans, I think they want to see something different. And it's Mm -hmm. been a while. I still wonder what would happen the COVID year with that team. Me too. Because I think it was a very successful year. Um, But something needs to give, just again, my opinion, I'd like to see something drastic change, whether it's 
I mean, we've always said, and I don't want to get anybody in trouble by any means, but we've always said, we think the front office needs to change too, but right. kind of some, some new blood in there. But um, I just think something needs to, to give. I agree completely. Uh, I'm going to pull up a thing here, uh, kind of to go along with that. Um, the uh, One of the groups that we're in on Facebook, it's a, pretty much like a fan page for the mm-hmm. Chiefs. Um, a guy posted in here and says, I recently joined the group thinking that it was for Chiefs fans, but all I've seen is a bunch of people complaining about how bad the team is or how poorly they played. Do you, any of you even know what it means to be a fan? I saw and, that. And now I will say I agree with him in some aspects. I understand where he's coming from. I understand where he's coming from yeah. too. But the, um, and one of my, one of my uh, buddies from work, actually, he commented on this post and said, this is uh, explicit by the way. Okay. So, well, viewer discretion is okay. advised. He says the teams are selling a product. If the product is shitty and the fans are happy with the shitty product, then they'll always get the shitty product. You Agreed. can both support your team and complain about a shitty product. If you just want to watch hockey, come out and support the Spokane Braves or Eastern Washington University. And I said, you absolutely nailed you it. Nailed it. And we ha- kind of went along with that a little bit today too. He's like, you know, yes, these are kids. Yes. But they're kids that are playing the highest level of junior hockey in the world. This is exact, and, and and we've said this before on the podcast. And of the three Canadian junior hockey teams, the best league in my opinion. A hundred percent. Yeah, they. I, I it's the top agree. level. And yes, they're kids, but they're there for a reason. They're there because they want to be continue their hockey career and yes. play at the next level. And there's guys that are in the NHL right now that were in this league last season. Exactly. Are they in the NHL not being criticized? They're being criticized 10 times more in the NHL. There's kids that are younger than some kids on the Chiefs that are in the NHL right now. Exactly. Those kids are being criticized every single day and they're being watched like under a microscope. Exactly. So I understand where they're coming from. Obviously, we're not specifically calling – nobody's calling out any of the players specifically. Mainly, we're just calling out how the team is playing as a whole. Yes. Talking about their systems, um, the way that they're being coached, um, you know, stuff like that too, like the front office, everything. Um, I don't think it's anybody attacking anybody no, personally. It's we're not attacking. Exactly. It's just fans creating conversation and talking about how they think that the team can improve. I we, mean, we're all we're arm- passionate. We're That's all what it is. armchair GMs. Exactly. It's it's just. It's just passionate. We're just trying to t- create a conversation, yes. and um, it, it's not malicious by any means. No. And I know there's some fans that can get pretty nasty and everything too, and and that happens. But I think most fans who aren't just fair weather fans uh, will will would agree with me what I'm saying about. And something I find unique about Chiefs fans on the groups and you know different WHL talk on Facebook things like that too. We're actually more critical of our own team, whereas a lot of the fans are critical of the other teams, um, which is I find interesting too. I, I mean, yeah, and I think, and we've done it before. I don't know if we'd be as critical, but we've even been critical when the team's been really good and really yeah, successful. Exactly, and and everybody is. I mean, you see Portland fans talking about, and their Portland's been successful for over a decade now They're, too, straight. Yeah. And you see fans. After every game, talking about how like this is where I think that we can improve. This is, you know, maybe do this, do that. I mean, it's just discussion for the most part. We're not attacking anybody or anything like that. And and to go back with what your coworker said too, 
Portland has been successful for a decade. Exactly. When you're successful, you know your systems are good. You know everything is good. And therefore, no matter what players you bring in, if they're committed to being a part of that system, exactly. they're going to be successful. We've had a lot of turmoil in our team in le- for since you know COVID year from losing. I mean, how many coaching changes that we had? We had Manny. We had uh, Lambert. Lambert. Yeah. Knockbar was there late. Late. Yeah, mid like two fifty. 2015? 16, So, so in the last yeah. seven or eight years, we've had like four or five coaching changes. Yeah. I mean, that's a and lot. To be fair, I mean, Knockbar was good, but the, for whatever reason, the players didn't want to play for him. We know that. And then they got good coaches. And then the, we, we lost good coaches to NHL teams. Right. And then from there, coaching went downhill. For sure. I completely agree. Um, I and, don't know. And that's the other question that, that, that I had too was like, Coaching went downhill for us. Every other team seems to seems be to upgrade. upgrading, yes. and we're just kind of picking up the pieces of what's left. And I could see why, so, why ours went downhill because we still had Spelts as a GM, mm-hmm. and just the again good old boy, part of the office, whatever the same. I thought when we got Barsley, we, things would change a little bit. And I mean, we went to the press conference where they announced the new coach. And mm-hmm. we were shocked to see that it was Smith coming back yeah, last year. Definitely, um, we thought he was going to make this new guy coming in is going to make some serious changes, and didn't. Um, I don't know. Yeah, and, and, and to go back to that to that post on on the group, uh, all I said was there's a difference between complaining and venting your feelings about the team. I mean, obviously, we're not compl- sitting here complaining about specific players and everything too like i said but we're complaining about the team there's nothing wrong with having a critical discussion about your opinion on how the team is or you know anything like that there's nothing wrong with voicing your opinion but yeah uh for the most part i i think i think everybody's pretty tame with that yes but there's nothing wrong with critical discussion speaking and that's why and that's partially why we do this so we can get our opinions out too and obviously share the news and everything too, but get our opinions out too and have people listen and see. Obviously, we're going to want to get some other people on here to yes, get their do. opinions too. We're creating conversation. Exactly. And we want more people to do that. So yeah, yeah we're going to get have to get some people on here pretty soon. Yeah, I think you and I got to figure out how to get uh, the Zoom, Zoom thing, thing working. I actually thought about trying to do this podcast via Zoom as a test as a test thing. I thought about that too. Well, uh, maybe uh, some, this week we can do a little test one. Yeah, because we still sort. have a... a interview to do with somebody yes we do in the near future yes we do which which we need to come up with a list of questions for that yeah that'll that'll be really fun um uh, so i guess to wrap this podcast up i do want to say look this up european rinks are 15 feet wider it's that much wider so is it 20 by 100 they're 200 by 100 instead of 200 by 85 yeah it's gonna say because it's not long that it's not longer but it's wider for sure so 15 more feet width wise that's a lot yeah, and I've never I can't say that I've ever watched like a European game in whole in, in its no. entirety, but like we've watched like the European uh World, World Juniors when it's in Europe and stuff like that too and you can definitely tell oh, yeah. that some players got to get used to that. Yeah. Like the North a, American players. You're trying to protect along the boards, you know, or play a pass off. It's it's 
it's different. Wider. Yeah, it's different. I mean, you have so much more room out there. And I, th- I, you would think that a lot of the European guys who come over to play over here would have a harder time adjusting to that too. But I feel like I haven't seen many no, guys just, that have an issue. I, they're probably welcome the close quarterness. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, their speed, like it's, that could go along with the speed thing too. Yes. I'm, sure, I'm sure the European game is fast as hell because, I mean, European. You can go around, guys. And it's known as a dump and chase style too. Yeah, more more room to get around a guy. Exactly. A defender, yeah. Yeah. So Chiefs got uh, two games this weekend, and then uh, we'll uh, record our show next week and kind of see how all that plays out. Yeah. So two big games. Well, I'll see what happens. Uh, cross our fingers and go Chiefs go. Go Chiefs go.